0: I'm Emma G. Rose, author of Contemporary Fantasy and Mythological Weirdness.
1: I'm Shelley Shearer, author of Urban Fantasies and Cozy Mysteries. Welcome to Indie Book Talk. Join us as we explore
0: the expanding universe of indie books. Hello and welcome back to Indie Book Talk. Today we have Dominic Martel to talk to us about his latest novel, Black Chain. And what's super interesting about Blackchain is that he revived a character who's been, let's say, inactive, in hiding, maybe, for many years. Welcome to the show,
2: Dominic. Thank you very much. Thanks for hosting me.
0: So
1: he's been in hiding, so there's been other books before this, and he, you just stopped using him? Please tell me more.
2: Okay. Back in the 90s, I wrote three books, Uh, featuring a repentant ex-terrorist trying to go straight. Hmm. And they were first published in Great Britain. And then two of them were published here in the States. And they got some critical acclaim and some notice, but uh, they didn't break any sales records. So after the third book, I just moved on to other things. And then uh, 20 years or so went by, and a guy named Adam Dunn contacted my agent and asked if Dominic Martel would be interested in reviving the series. Adam had actually worked at Carol and Graff back in the day when they published those uh, first two books, and he had liked them and disappointed that they didn't do better. And now he has his own publishing company, Dunn Books. So he was looking for authors, and he asked if... I would be willing to resurrect the series. And what he wanted was to update the series and bring it 20 years into the future to give an accounting of what Pasquale, my main character, has been doing for 20 years and plunge him into the new world of espionage and intrigue because everything's different now. The background of the first three books was the Cold War. Pascual had been a um, courier or liaison agent between various Soviet-backed terrorist groups back in the uh, 80s and then had defected and uh, sold out all his old comrades to Mossad and the CIA and been set up in a new identity in his hometown of Barcelona. That was all backstory to the series. And the first three books in the series were about how people from his past life kept coming out of the past, and uh wanting things from him either revenge or to use him in some way
1: Hmm. so your character has actually aged the 20 years and we're now in the present time interesting
2: yeah i aged him 20 years at the end of the third book in the original series he gets together with a with a woman and uh I sort of hinted that there might be a happy ending there. So what I decided when I revived the series was they've gone off. And for the past 20 years, they've been living in a little Catalan town north of Barcelona, and they have raised a son. That's where we are when the first book in the new series or the second half of the series, which is called Kill Chain. And that book came out last year at Mm -hmm. the beginning of Kill Chain. Pascual is settled down in uh, this little Catalan town and thinking he's in the clear, and all of a sudden his past life comes back to bite him once again. As
1: it always does. So, Black Chain is the second book?
2: Black Chain is the second book in the second phase of the series. Okay. Chain came out last year, Uh, Black Chain just came out, and I just delivered a third novel to uh, Adam, uh, which uh, should come out next year. Wow. Oh, yay. You are just kicking these out. (laughs) Well, it's been fun. I have to say it's been fun to to revive the series. Adam wanted me, as I say, to bring it into the modern world. Now, this entailed a whole lot of research and education on my part. The, the old Cold War, Cold War world is dead. Uh, the threat landscape is different. The geopolitical landscape is different. And the techno technological landscape is different. Adam was very interested in cyber warfare, cybersecurity, cryptocurrency, the whole Modern landscape of uh, espionage and uh, rivalry between countries uh, and how that all plays out technologically. So I had to do a whole lot of of education first because I'm not particularly tech savvy or wasn't. I feel I'm a a lot more tech savvy now that I've educated myself in all this. And so that's where the series is now. It's an older and wiser Pasquale, dragged kicking and screaming into this new world of uh, great power rivalry, uh, changed technological and geopolitical landscape, but basically the same old problem. His uh, youthful transgressions keep coming back to haunt him.
0: I have to say that reading this, I loved the the tone and the pacing of the story because a lot of times you read thrillers now especially ones with like a digital slant and Mm -hmm. people are trying so hard to be thrilling you know they're pushing Mm -hmm. you along all the time and this felt really um you could really just sort of sink into it and immerse yourself in what was going on i wanted to keep reading to find out what was next especially when i got to the middle where Things seem to have been resolved, but there was still half a book left. So I was like, oh, no, (laughs) (laughs) that's never a good sign. Something bad is going to (laughs) happen.
2: And it does.
0: Did you have any trouble getting back into I mean, this is a long time that between Mm. writing this character. Did you have any trouble kind of getting back into his world and, and getting back into that tone and that rhythm of writing about him?
2: Well, the first thing I did was I went back and I reread the three original books. Uh, and it had, been, mm. it had been a while since I had visited them. So that sort of refreshed my memory, not only about the character and details of his, uh, you know, everything I had laid out about him, but also just the the tone of the books, the style and all of that. And uh, so that was the, the first step. And once I had done that, I pretty much had a uh, a good idea of where to go with the series. Adam and I spent a lot of time on the phone at first, just making sure we were on the same page in terms of plots and themes and and where we were going. Uh, But then once we had established that, he pretty much left me alone. And, uh, you know, I sent him Kill Chain, and he liked it. And he said, okay, give me another one. He said,
1: (laughs) That's what you want to hear. Give me more.
2: It's absolutely (laughs) what you want to hear. I mean, a a second chance in the world of publishing is a really rare thing. I thought this series was dead. Right. Wrote three books that didn't do all that well. I thought that was all, you know, ancient history. And then here comes a publisher who wants to revive it. That was an absolutely, uh, an amazing second chance. And I've worked hard to make the best of it.
1: So as a writer, though, so for those 20 years, you didn't write anything?
2: Oh, no, I was writing. I write under a different name as well. Okay,
1: because I was going to say, I just can't even imagine like stopping cold turkey and then like knocking out a book every year. I'm like... That's amazing. So, okay. That's great. So you were still writing. (laughs)
2: Oh, yeah. I I also write under the name Sam Reeves. And as Sam Reeves, I've published, oh, I don't know, nine or ten books. A crime novel set in the United States. And that was my original career. Um, I wrote four crime novels set in Chicago, published by Putnam back in the early 90s. They, after the fourth book, they said, uh, you know, your last book didn't do so. Well, why don't you send us something different? So I wrote the first Pascual book and I sent it to them. And, and Putnam said, you know, this is too different from what you've done. <laughs>
1: Please <laughs> so send us something different, but not that.
2: <laughs> so at that point, I sent the book, the first Pasquale book. Uh, I sent it to the British publisher who had done uh, the UK editions of my books with Putnam, and they liked it and published it. And so, as I say, the books were first published over there in the UK, and then when I had written the third Pasquale book, and uh, decided that. Wasn't going to break any sales records. I went back to writing American based crime novels as Sam Reeves and have continued to do that during the 20 years that Pasquale was dormant.
0: Oh, wow. How different is it to work with a small press like Dunn Books versus those big name, you know,
2: major publishers? I have to say it's been wonderful. Uh, Adam uh, has treated me very well, he has promoted the heck out of these books. He really has. Um, yeah, he has. Um, and that's wonderful because I got, you know, authors always complain about lack of promotional support from from publishers. With the big publishers, you know, if you're one of the anointed, they throw lots <laughs> of money at you and send you on tour and, and they can make or break your career. And that's, you know, that's what we all hope for. I never got that. I got, you know, uh, Putnam supported me. Okay. But I was, you know, not a big name, never became a big name, didn't break any sales records. And then over the course of the '90s and the early aughts, uh, that whole that all just got much much harder for authors, and authors were expected to do more and more of their own promotion. Everything's online now; authors have to do a lot of self promotion. Uh, the internet's the frontier for promotion, so uh, it's been wonderful to get a lot of good old fashioned promotional support from Adam Dunn at Dunn Books. He designed great books. He got you know the look of the books is, is terrific. The graphics he had ma- he commissioned maps for. Each volume. Wow. Um, he produced a really good book. He had a couple of uh, development editor and a copy editor go with the manuscript and produced a nice, clean, good looking book.
0: Well, and in terms of promotion, uh, I want to put some context around what this looks like. I got a very well written, thoughtful email from a publicist who gave me tons of information headshots, the whole package, everything I needed right up front. She sent me a copy of the book to do the advanced read. And I, when it came, I also have this amazing printed booklet that makes me want to read every book that this company publishes because Every one of them has like a full color layout with a beautiful description, images of the authors. This, They're not fooling around.
2: <laughs> no, they're not. They do a great job. Yeah. They are on it. <laughs> yes, they are. And it's wonderful to receive that support as an author. I'm very grateful.
0: It's so refreshing to see it, too. We, you know, we talk to a lot of authors who are either completely independent and doing it all themselves or working with, you know, small press or hybrid presses that aren't being... Nearly this supportive, so you you kind of won the jackpot here.
2: I really did, yeah.
1: So, are you doing both series now, or is Black Chain series taking up most of your time?
2: Yeah, I'm just writing as Dominic Martel now. I sent uh, I sent my agent a uh, Sam Reeves book. In, what, 2018, just before Adam contacted him, and he's not been able to sell that yet, which is a bit of a disappointment. But in the meantime, I've got a publisher who wants me to write as Dominic Martel, so that's what I'm concentrating on. So we'll see where it goes. I'm, I'm hoping, of course, that my agent will sell that book that I sent him. Sometimes it takes a while. It took my agent five years to sell one of my Sam Reeves books. It was eventually published. You know, it's a tough world. It's a tough world for writers. Mm-hmm. Um, it has gotten, it's only gotten tougher uh, it's gotten very tough to make a living as a uh, a, a mid list author. That's a publishing euphemism for non best selling author. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, I've uh, I've experienced that. It got tougher for my agent to sell my books. Got smaller advances. So I'm just very very happy that I have a publisher now who wants me to uh, to keep writing and producing uh, the things that he's the type of thing that he's bought from me already.
0: What I want to emphasize here, because we keep talking about how how hard it's been for him to sell these books and um, how you know he's been dropped from one place or another. These are good books. I read this book in two days <laughs> because I couldn't not finish it. So this is really great, solid writing that reminds me of some of like the the classic Private Eye stories in some ways. That sort of giving you the facts, but in a way that feels really. Really nuanced and real. So this isn't like he's writing not good books and then having trouble selling them. He's writing great books. It's still
2: a challenge. It is a challenge. Thanks, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, you know, you write a book you think is pretty good, you launch it out there, and you're disappointed by the reception. Sometimes I always thought these books were pretty good. The first three books, the first three Pasquale books. I had a guy that come up to me at a conference once, and he just looked at me. Uh, he said, why aren't you famous? <laughs> I these, these, these books are as good as anything I've ever read in the espionage field. Uh, and I said, I don't know, probably because there's not enough people like you. Uh, but, Here, um, spread the word. Yeah, spread the word. So, you know, it's, I, it's a small uh, – I have a small number of fans, but they seem to really like the books, and I'm just really glad that, uh, that Pasqual is getting a second chance.
1: Do you have a lot in mind for what you want to do going forward with the series?
2: Well, I'm uh, I'm thinking about that hard right now. Adam sends me articles to read all the time. Mm. He sends me three to five articles every day online. Oh my gosh! Just to keep up with the technological landscape, the crime landscape, uh, you know, international organized crime, and where it intersects with geopolitics. And there's a lot of that, believe me. <laughs> there's a very <clears throat> Very fuzzy line between geopolitics and organized crime, believe me. So he wants to make sure uh, that I'm thinking about the same kind of thing he's thinking about, uh, and you know, topically, thematically, and also regionally. Uh, I'm very interested in the Mediterranean countries, so Spain, south of France, Italy, eastern eastern end of the Mediterranean, uh, the Levant, uh, North Africa, and all the Pasqual books have been set in, in Europe or North Africa. Adam now is kind of hinting he wants me to take Pasqual farther east, so I'm thinking about that, looking at ways in which the rise of China, all of the... Um, the geopolitical consequences of that, how all of that might intersect with Pascual's very reluctant mission. The the hook for this, uh, the second half of the series, is of course that Pascual is now a, a wholly owned. He's now wholly owned by the CIA because the CIA protects him from uh, retaliation and prosecution for his. Son previous, uh, actions. And in return, he has to do, uh, errands for them from time to time.
1: Quote, unquote, errands. Uh,
2: well, <laughs> yeah. in essence, Pasqua has become a professional scapegoat for the CIA. That's the hook of the series. Pasqua is the guy they call when they need somebody to do something disreputable that they don't have to, uh, that they can disown. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't do it. He did it. <laughs> exactly. That's Pasqua's role. So, uh, and he's trapped in that role because uh, he's vulnerable on uh, any number of counts, and he has to do what they tell him. So that's the—that's uh, how this guy keeps getting dragged into these matters he would uh, just as soon uh, not get dragged into.
0: Do you worry about? I don't know if the word is really offending, but do you do you worry about like writing something and having some group go, "We're not like that," or? you know some terrorist organization be like how dare you are we
1: concerned with what the terrorist organizations
2: are?
0: <laughs> well you never know what they're going to do i mean this book talks about like hackers and and blockchain and stuff you never know
2: well, all of that i mean you know i fictionalize things um i don't fictionalize the cia cia i call out the cia by name but you can do anything you can write anything about the cia there's used to it <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, I don't, it's not that I want to totally demonize the CIA. The CIA has, I mean, you know, we need an intelligence agency. Uh, I'm not against the CIA, but intelligence is a dirty business. It just is. It's the nature of the yeah. beast. And the CIA has, of course, not been uh, entirely innocent in its, you know, conduct around the world. Uh, so yeah, the CIA serves as a kind of, uh, there, it has a dual role in my books. It's Pasquale's protector and not everything that the CIA does is, is evil certainly, but it does get Pasqual involved in some really dirty business. So I don't worry about you calling out the CIA, uh, by name. I do fictionalize some of the antagonists. There's a, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the various Russian hacker groups uh, there's Cozy Bear, and there are various no other way. groups. Uh, <laughs> <Bear> and, <laughs> they have fun you know, names. They do have, uh, have kind of uh, interesting nicknames, uh, many of them ending in bear. So I create a Russian hacker group linked to Russian intelligence uh, for this book, and I call it Honey Bear because I, I looked around, did some research. I didn't think there was yet a Russian hacker group called Honey Bear. So uh, that's what I call the Russian hacker group in that is Pascual's main antagonist in uh, black chain. And uh, so, you know, I don't worry too much about offending people. I mean, I'm writing fiction. You have a much greater chance of offending people if you're doing nonfiction. Well, that's true. I found that out. I did one nonfiction book as Sam Reeves. I did a mobster memoir with Mm. an old Chicago uh, crook. And that book convinced me I should stick to uh, fiction. Uh,
0: (laughs) So, if, uh, as we kind of wrap this up here, if people want to find you online, since it is the new frontier of marketing, where can they go looking for you?
2: Well, they can look at my website, com, or they can look at my Facebook page, Dominic Martel, Martel with two L's, Martel like the cognac. <laughs> nice. So, I'm on Facebook as Dominic Martel. I have a Dominic Martel website, and uh, they can find me there.
0: All right. And what is the name, or do we know yet, of the next book?
2: The next book is entitled Simya, S-I-M-Y-A. That is the Turkish word for alchemy. Oh, I like it. It involves uh, the alchemy of uh, converting uh, cryptocurrency to gold and back again and into various other currencies. So it's all about that kind of alchemy. Blackchain winds up in Istanbul. Simya takes place, uh, swings back west and takes place mostly in and around uh, Marseille, which is a city which has always fascinated me.
0: Wonderful. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to go back and and read the previous books now that I've gotten a taste for it.
2: Uh, I encourage you to do that. And I should point out that uh, Dunn Books is reissuing the original three books, Ooh, uh, the one uh, as a companion volume to each of the new books so when Kill Chain came out last year Dunn Books simultaneously re-released Lying, Crying, Dying, which was the first Pascual book, and along with Black Chain, they are uh, they have also just released the reissue of The Republic of Night which was the second Pascual book uh, back in the 90s, and when Simia comes out next year, it will be re- released in conjunction with Kitana, the third book in the Pascual series so, look for those as well. Dennis is publishing, republishing the original three books.
0: We've given you some homework. If you are into <laughs> thrillers or political craziness or just really solid writing that makes you feel like you've gone back in time in a really good way, check them out. Thank you for being here, Dominic. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, for-